Hi, this is Carl Heath, Tech Leverage. Welcome to part two of What is the Cloud? This is the second half of a two-parter podcast. I started off with every intention of getting it in into one part, but it just ran over and over as these things do. So I thought, well, let's make it into a two-parter. So in the first part, I was talking about a bit of the history of cloud, what it actually means in terms of centralized computing, a little bit of history through the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties to where we are today in a world where we are all interconnected through our smartphones and devices. Cloud is really big data centers ran by big organizations who serve up massive amounts of computing power to you and I to enable us to achieve what we want to do in life, whether that's personal or in our businesses. Now, you might ask the question, who's in the cloud? You know, who is actually in the cloud? What's it, you know, who are the big names that are out there? Well, it's a huge number of names. The ones that jump to mind that everybody know about Uber, Airbnb, Snapchat, Twitter, Slack, Trello, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. These are some of the, these are the big names. Then you'll see the television adverts, Travago for your hotels. There isn't a service you can think of that isn't served out of cloud. There isn't served out of this new world of technology that's based out of data centers. I know the irony is that there are hundreds of thousands of businesses operating in this way, but actually there's only really three companies that run the whole thing worldwide. And it's Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. And Amazon is the biggest of all. It's bigger than Google and Microsoft combined. Amazon have got something that they call Amazon Web Services. And that's a great big platform that they built to realize their huge online shopping behemoth, you might call it. They created these data centers worldwide through the late 90s and early noughties and created this massive amount of computing power. So much so that they realized that while they weren't always using all that computing power, they could leverage that power to gain their ben their businesses by offering it to other people to use. And so Amazon Web Services was born. And it's really an online platform service that allows you to create apps and businesses online. And when the term platform gets banded around in techie world, what platform really means is a set of tools. Platforms is a, t if a technical term. It's a jargon term. And I promised that I wouldn't use jargon when I was talking. So what, jar what that platform really means is a set of tools for you to use. So what Amazon did was they took all of their data centers worldwide and created websites that enable you to access those websites. And there are tools in those websites that you can use then to create businesses online, whether they be web-based businesses or whether they be app-based businesses. And by app, I mean they're going to be running on a mobile phone or a tablet or something of that nature. Right behind Amazon are Google and Microsoft, and they provide a multitude of services as well out of their data centers that you can use at a low cost to run your business. So what we've got with these three big players is they have created these options for all of us to create businesses online and make money by utilizing their services. They get the cut for you using their services and they'll take their margin. If you're Amazon Web Services for each bit of computing that you do, you pay for that. If it's Google or Microsoft, you might be buying some of their services directly from them. You might buy G Suite for your uh, productivity through Google or you might buy Office 365 through Microsoft and you'll pay a price for that. They also have what's called cloud computing platforms where you can just buy access to resources as well. Google's got Google Cloud Computing and Microsoft has got their Azure platform. And these are pretty much the same equivalent to the Amazon or AWS services. So these are 
opportunities for you to log into a website and create a service that you can then sell to somebody else. And all you need to be able to do it is a device with access to Wi-Fi. You don't need any longer to buy any more software. You don't need to install it, set it up on every computer in your business. You don't need to hire someone to support it and you don't need to hire some business to maintain it. All you need to do now is pick the service that you want to buy, you want to use in your business and pay for it. That's where the technology's got to. That's where the freedom has got to with these with these platforms, with these services that you can buy online. These big players have enabled other people to put together businesses that then you can buy online for a fixed fee. And usually the way that works is per user per month. That's how these things are spread. A bit like we do with our mobile phones. You'll pay £7.99 per month to access this service per employee that needs to access it. And if you think about that, it's a bit like how you're buying your Netflix and your Amazon Prime and things like that. It's a subscription service. And there's a lot of sense in it. Most of these services aren't contracted to 12 months or anything like that. They are literally month by month. So you can use them for as long or as short as you want. So if you've got a business with 30 employees and you've got a project that you need to run that's using five employees, 15 years ago, if you say wanted to run that project, you might have needed to buy a specific piece of software to do that job over two years for the project team. That would have meant you would have had to have gone to the market, found the software, found a supplier of the software, worked out how much it was cost to make that investment in the software, make sure you had the right computers to run it, install the software on those computers, keep those computers up to date, keep that software up to date, maintain those computers over the period of the life that you needed to use them. And then when you'd finished your project, you were still left over with the computers that you need you use for the project, the server that you might have used for the project that was needed, and you'd made the investment in that software and it was dead. There was no more you could get out of it. Now, if you flip that and have a look at it, how it is today, if you want to run this project for five people, you find the software that you want online. You have a look at how much it costs. It's five times X per month. So it's going to be five times eight times 24. And that's your investment. And the rest is then time and knowledge. No servers to buy, no hardware to buy to do the job, no updates to install, no machines to change because everything just runs from the web browser. If an update comes out, the software gets updated automatically for you over the period of time that you use it. You don't have to do all of the things that you used to have to do in the past in order to make a change, which means you can move really quickly, which means you can come up with an idea in your business and decide to do a project. You can put people on the team. You can sign it a budget. Say we're going to spend two grand on that over two years and make that investment and get on with it. You just weren't able to do that 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. You just weren't able to do that. You would have had to have spec'd out the software, a server to run the software, licenses for it, a period of investment over over the time for it. Now you could start up a project and you could throw that project in after two months and only be two months down on the software cost, just two months. You could just scrap it and go, that didn't work. We're going to do something else. Maybe the project didn't get scrapped by you. It got scrapped by a supplier or a customer that changed and went out of business. Before, you'd have made a massive investment and you'd have been out of pocket. Now you'd be two months in and you just scrap it and move on and do something else. You've got massive, massive freedoms to utilize great software without actually having to have any of the risk. And all you have to do is accept that you pay it on a per user on a per monthly basis. That's the only thing that you've got to do that you didn't have to do in the past. So it's not really asking much of you other than you slightly think about how you approach things and buy them more on a subscription-based service than it is on the way that you did it in the past. I can't think really of a big business that isn't in the cloud, that a big brand that isn't in the cloud. 
every single one is every single high street brand, every single bank, every single media outlet. Everybody has an app that's on their phone. The social media is in the cloud. Our music's in the cloud. Our television is in the cloud. Everything is in the cloud. That's where we watch it. Everything is on our mobile phones. That's where all the attention is now. It's not on our television sets. It's not on billboards. It's on these devices that we carry around with us, and it's not going to get any less. So if you're not thinking about how you can harness this power, you can leverage the power of cloud in your business and in your personal life, then you're going to get beaten by your competition. People are going to get ahead of you. You're going to get ahead of you in business and in your own personal life. You're going to miss out on stuff. You're going to miss out on great stuff. Just, just the, the freedom and ability now for at home to be able to go upstairs and watch Netflix uh, in one room or watch it on the mobile phone with my headphones on or for my daughter to use her Amazon tablet and she can watch some Peppa Pigs with her headphones on or, the, or my other daughter can play a game on it. All of these things are just make life so much better they just make make life so much easier and manageable and fun and it's all through the power of cloud so it kind of baffles me sometimes when i hear people in business who own companies just denying the cloud and i, I hear it a lot in people in my own industry more than anything else they sort of just deny it's real they just go no no that's not how it's going to be it's a fad or it's just a small part of everything people have got to have things in their buildings they've got to own their own equipment they've got to own their own tin as this expression goes in the it world and i just don't understand why that has to be the case and why people are so reticent to change i guess it's because many people don't like change and they don't know they're scared of it you know people are scared of the future they're scared of the unknown so they're suspicious of it so they want to stay with what they've known but the problem with technology is you can't stay with what you know if you still if we stayed with what we knew we would be using old school bakelite dial-up telephones pens and papers and we'd be smoking in our offices allergene hunt days and life on mars and that's not how the world works anymore everything moves forward and advances and so we have to do it as well I often say to people, you know, what if you could run your business all of the time from your mobile phone? What if you could do 80% of your business from the mobile phone? And people say to me, oh, that's not possible, Carl. You can't do that. But you can. You, you can run your business in that way. I've got all my documents, all my social media, all my banking, all my messaging, all my appointments, all my books, all my podcasts, all my audio books and my videos and all my clients on my mobile phone. The time when I step out and use my Mac primarily when I'm providing support to other people on a computer system so I have to remote control a computer or I'm editing video and those are the two times that I really you know do that now I can edit video on my phone because my partner does it Kat does it on hers and she you can do it you can edit videos on your phone do the whole thing and get them on Instagram via your phone and I could remote control other people's computers via my phone as well but I choose to do it on my Mac because that actually gives better service to my client it's easier for me to do and gives me a better service for them so that made me you know, say to people, can you run your business from your mobile phone? Well, yeah, absolutely you can. And, and this is what people have got to consider. It's not a matter of whether you can run your business from your mobile phone. This is a matter about whether you choose to run your business from your mobile phone. The whole thing that's happening with technology isn't a matter of what can be done. It's whether you choose to do it or you're going to choose not to do it. Here's one that I hear on a regular basis. How many of you get frustrated with IT systems that always seem to be broken or don't really work very well? I used to come across this all of the time. In fact, it's 
so prevalent that I think people have got used to the fact that that IT systems are just broken and don't really work properly all the time. Anyway, that's almost become the standard because it's been so long that that's been the way. But it doesn't have to be like that any longer. It's been like that because technology advances slowly and it's been improving. It's been getting better. Hardware doesn't break down as much as it did in the 1990s. Software has improved to this point from where it was in the mid-noughties. But the thing is, the reason why IT still breaks a lot is because we are putting it together ourselves in our own companies with our own people. And ultimately, although that can be successful, it's never going to be as successful as a professionally put together operation. It's almost like an inclination to, to say that you can service your car and maintain your car to the same standard that Boeing can do that with their aircraft and their series of professionally trained engineers. You're going to find that an aircraft is a better maintained mechanical object than your own vehicle is pretty much despite how much effort you put into it yourself, that's what you're going to find because you're harnessing the power of a bigger organization and they have a wider range of resources. And that's what you get when you start to leverage cloud technology in your business. I know because I worked in IT for years and years, I know what doesn't work because I spent years having to support it and technology, it didn't work. You had to build your own servers, put them together and with the best will in the world, you had a lot of problems. That was just the way it was. Sometimes you had more problems in some businesses than others because there were some people who hadn't put it together very well. And there was a lot of that about in IT because it's not a regulated industry. So anybody can have a go at it. And anybody did. And I found that a lot of people didn't have the diligence and the time and the effort and the persistence and the patience to put it together properly. However, even when I put together things correctly with best practices, it was still unreliable. And you would look up the answers to why these problems occurred on Microsoft and they wouldn't know either. And they, that's why there's constantly fixes and updates for things from Microsoft for years and from all of the other players. This is why when they've moved to the centralized platform of the cloud, you've got a better chance. And the reason you've got a better chance is because as soon as something's broken or needs fixing, which I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because it definitely still does, they're going to fix it instantly, but it's going to get fixed globally instantly at that point in time, as opposed to you having to fix it yourself at the right time when you know it is, and also having to make it mix and match with everything else that you've got in that specific instance. So what you're getting is a much, much higher rate of quality in what's happening because it's been quality tested and released globally. It's not localized to what you're doing. It's not unique and individual. It is standardized. And that makes IT reliable. And reliability is ultimately what all of us have wanted out of technology for the longest time. It's no one's fault that IT just wasn't very wasn't very good. It's just the way that it was. I mean, if you type into Google, Excel is crashing, have a look at how many results that you'll get back for Excel is crashing in Google. You'll get millions and millions of results back. Why? Is it because Excel's not a good product and it crashes all the time, we should buy something else? No, that's not actually the reason for it. The reason is, is Excel was designed to work and this is could be any other piece of software, not just picking on Microsoft Excel with every single computer ever made in the history of computers across the world, with all the different variants and configurations of software and hardware that you might get on them, all the printers that are installed, all the different apps that are installed, all the networks they're in, in the different types of offices that might have different electrical power supplies coming into them, with all the different people and how they work and use the computer differently. The list of permutations of variables that you could have in a computer in your own building, in your own company, is just insane. 
So to try and create software that was going to work with all of that, that then shipped in a CD form, so a static form, well, you can kind of see the reality of it. Here you are trying to write a piece of software that you ship in a static form that's going to work with every single computer type and combination that's globally, worldwide, and available. Well, what were the chances of that happening? Yeah, pretty slim. Hence, you got a lot of problems. Hence, when you Google Excel crashing, you get millions of results. Now, what the flip side of that is that you'll get with cloud is that all of this is going to be done in one place that you connect to. So it's going to be right. There isn't going to be endless permutations in the Google or the Microsoft data centers. It's going to be standardized. It's going to be a standard set of tools and a standard set way that it works. It will interact with different things on your computer. Yes, like your printer or your USB hard disk or whatever you want to use. But it's actually only interacting at that point in time with your computer in order to provide that print job at that point in time. It's not interacting with your computer and it's not installed in the operating system of your computer. And this is the big difference. This is the big difference. Now you haven't got that problem of all your IT guys trying to make all these disparate systems work together. They haven't got you running a piece of software that's seven years old and then you wanting to install the latest version of another piece of software on the same computer and the two don't work together side by side because they're incompatible, because they're seven years apart. But what happens is your IT guys install them and then the one breaks and the other one works and then you go, well, what's going on with this? Why haven't you fixed it? You're the computer people. Why is it broken? This was the problem of IT support for, for 20 years. It wasn't really anybody's fault. It was the nature of the beasts. You would buy something and want to keep it for a period of time and make an investment in it. Then you'd buy something new because it was shiny and you wanted that too. And then you'd install the two on the same computer and then go, why don't they work together? I've only owned this computer for 10 years. Because the mindset was, was almost like owning cars and owning machines. It was about a long time of owning them. They were high expense cost. You wanted to get your money back. It was frustrating when you couldn't do with what you want. No wonder people went mad with computers and were frustrated. No wonder people are in a position now where they don't trust them and where people are skeptical of the cloud and doing something different. I get it. I totally understand. You've had 20 years of these things not really working the way that wanted them to. You've had 20 years of people who work in IT like me telling you to switch it on and off again and restart it or just telling you that there isn't an actual answer to why it's broken when you ask the question, why can't these things just bloody work to start with? And there isn't an answer to it. So no wonder you've been skeptical and sort of not wanting to change. But the cloud is massively different to this because what you're doing now is running all the software out of one application, out of your web browser. So, for example, take Google Chrome on my Mac at the moment. Chrome is the tool. In Chrome, I get access to all of my G Suite tools. So I get access to my documents, my sheets, my email, my notes, my presentations. I get access to my podcast app. I get access to, to other applications that I use online, my banking applications, the drawing applications, all through one browser called Google Chrome. So Chrome's almost become, in its sense, the operating system that was in the computer. And what I mean by that is, is... It doesn't matter what the computer is that I run on anymore because the software isn't being installed on this computer, so there's no compatibility issues. I am using the Chrome browser to connect to that software that runs somewhere else, so it can't interfere. So if I connect to G Suite and get my email through Gmail, and then I connect to my online banking through my bank, there's no connection between those two, even though I'm on the same computer connecting to them. 
Then if I connect to a drawing piece of software so that I can uh, edit some photos or do some drawing, again, that's not connected in any way to my Gmail tool, nor to my banking or nor to my photos. Whereas 10 years ago, I would have installed on my computer my email software, I would have installed my drawing software, and I probably would have installed some aspects of my banking software to enable me to connect to the bank. And the more that you did that on your computer, the more likely were that one of them was going to interfere with the other one and cause a problem. Now, you don't have that anymore. What you've got now is all the processing and all the data is done in the data centers, and all you do is connect to it with your browser, and you send it the keystrokes and the movements of your mouse, and it sends you the pictures back in the data. And that is a hell of a lot less complicated than running it all on your own computer and servers in your own office. Think about how a lot less complicated it is. All you need is a device that connects to the internet to, to work. So you can go buy one of those down at the shop now. You can buy one from your, from your PC World type stores right now and you can just get on get online. You buy a brand new Windows 10 laptop or a Mac, whatever you want to choose, and you can get online. You can turn it on. You can connect it to your Wi-Fi and you can log in to your Gmail and away you go, you're working. You can then drop that into the pond in your back garden while you're feeding your koi carp later on and completely destroy it. You can walk back into the store the next morning by another device, sign back into your Gmail, and you'll be exactly where you were when you left off. You couldn't do that five, ten years ago. Five, ten years ago, if you dropped that laptop into the koi carp, A, you'd have lost data off it because you'd have had stuff stored on it, and B, you'd have had to get the IT support people out the next day to come back and reinstall four hours' worth of software on your machine and or reconfigure it the way you want it to work. Now you don't have to do that. Now the only configuration you've got to do is, is setting up what printer you want to print to if you're so inclined to print stuff. And don't get me started on that one. I'm going to have a whole podcast on why we shouldn't be printing stuff because there just is no reason for it. But can you see how less complicated this whole cloud thing is now? Because the computer is just a vehicle to get you to the data. It's completely hassle-free. It there, there just is so... I mean, let's put it in the analogy of a car. I'm trying to put it in the analogy of a car. The way we used to do things was like the combustion engine. It was complicated. It had a lot of moving parts. You had to lubricate it with oil. If you don't look after a combustion engine, it falls apart. It rattles itself to pieces. It's got lots of moving parts. That's what IT used to be like. Lots of bits of software all installed. Complex configurations got to be looked after. It needs somebody to service and maintain it. Otherwise, it falls apart. The cloud way of computing is like looking at an electric car. There's one moving part. So it's a lot simpler. It's a lot simpler in terms of maintenance. I'm not saying the technology is simpler. Electric vehicle is no simple is no simpler than a combustion engine, and cloud is no simpler than the computing that was done on the local machine. But how you use it is a lot simpler because there's one moving part. You need a browser. So you need a computer, you open it, you go on a browser, you log in, you connect to the internet, and you get your data. There's so much less that can go wrong than there is when it's installed on your computer. And surely having things, less things go wrong are what we want to have in life. We don't want more things going wrong. We want things to go wrong less often. So now can you start to imagine if you've got a business where you're not really having any IT issues anymore because you've moved everything to the cloud? So you've got every employee in your business able to do every job that they need to do without fuss or problem on the computer. And you've reduced probably the amount of issues that you've got by 95%. That's sort of about what I see when I move and migrate client businesses to the cloud. I see a reduction in problems by about 95%. Those who are traveling can pick up their mobile phones and carry on work. So you can, in the owner of the business, you can get your emails, you can document, you can look at your documents, you can get all those on your phone. So you can do the majority of your work while you're traveling. The same for your employees if they've got laptops and phones too. 
you haven't got to have all these IT guys, expensive IT guys running around fixing things constantly and firefighting and hiding in this mystery world of their IT, asking you for budgets, asking you to spend money, cost, cost, cost. You don't want to do any of that anymore because you fixed all of that by buying low cost, cheap devices from PC World, etc. You have a subscription-based method of accessing the data, so it's a per price per user per month. So as long as you know how many employees you're going to have over a period of time, you've got a pretty damn good idea of how much you know your IT is going to cost you over a period of time. And your investment in your infrastructure is reduced significantly because you need Wi-Fi and you need an internet connection. And I'll come on to that in other podcasts about the internet connection. That's your big, that's where your money should be going in your business now is your internet connection. That is where you really want to be buying it. But now just imagine if you've no longer got to buy all this IT equipment every five years like you used to do. You've got everything now on a scalable monthly per user per month bottle like you do with a mobile phone. We've done it with our mobile phones. We do it with our electricity. We've done it with our television. What's the difference in doing it with our IT? Why is that any different? It's a service on demand. So why do I hear people going, oh, I don't like paying for access to my own data or I like to own the tin. I want to own it. That's just the wrong way of looking at it. That is just the historical way of looking at the owning of this kind of system. You don't need to do that anymore because what you can do now is use it on demand as you want to use it. I've said that earlier on. If you need a service, you start. You need a service, you buy it, you use it, you stop paying for it when you're finished. You can run a project for six months and then use the cloud for it. And when you finish, there's no hardware left over. You didn't have to make any investment into any kit for a period of time. And there was no capital expenditure involved either. You could operationally expenditure all of this, which means you can manage your cash flow. That's particularly advantageous if you're a small or growing business that you haven't got to every five years put your hand in your pocket and pull out this 50 grand's worth of kit or 10 grand's worth of kit or 20 grand's worth of kit you can say right i've got an ongoing cost of i know it costs to run my business of 30 people it's going to cost me 1500 pounds per month to do that over a year for all the 30 people in my business and for that i get everything i'm going to get access to all my data i've got my devices looked after and supported i've got my internet connection i've got my security you can do all that in this manageable model so you can totally work out what your expenditure is going to be. And that is something that just wasn't possible in the past. And that's what frustrated people about putting their money into technology because they just saw it as a cost rather than an investment. This is what you need to be looking at to get an R&I in your business. This is what you need to be looking at to get an investment because now you're not going to be buying anything that's depreciating either. It, you, you buy a server for your business. You buy a server from one of the big players, HP, uh, Dell, IBM, etc. You might spend six, seven, eight, nine thousand pounds on this server. The moment you buy it, like a car off the forecourt, it's depreciated. The IT equipment depreciates like faster than anything you can imagine, faster than cars, because there really is no practical use for these things in about two, three years' time. They're just obsolete because technology moves on so fast. There's still use in the device. Don't get me wrong. You could still use it. It still has a purpose. But as a resale value, it's got zero value to it. It's just got no value whatsoever. And from the moment you buy it, it's going out of date. The moment you own hardware and put software on it yourself, it's going out of date. It's, it is already becoming obsolete when you invest in a cloud technology. That's not what you're paying for any longer. You're paying for the service. You're paying to be up to date. So you're paying your X amount per month to be up to date, to have the latest technology. It's someone else's problem how they deliver that across hardware for you. That's taken care of by Google, by Microsoft, by Amazon. That's their problem. It's not your problem any longer. You get to have 
the software the very best it can be permanently all the time that's what you're paying for so instead of paying to depreciate and paying to die paying for entropy you're paying for the opposite you're paying to grow you're paying for growth and this is the difference cloud software has improved daily absolutely daily the algorithms the computing power that google and microsoft and amazon have got means that they are constantly evolving these their systems every single day so you are benefiting at a micro level every single minute of the day and at a macro level across the whole of your business whereas if you buy some equipment and you buy some hardware it's just going to go out update on you overnight so you're just going to start losing money on it you're just losing on your assets why why would you do that why would you put yourself in that position it makes much more sense for you to make things easier get your phone out and have a look at it right now and look at all the apps that you use on a daily basis the ones that you use personally you're probably going to use your facebook and your news your email all these things like that we've got lots of apps you sat nav ways and stuff like that are these difficult to use are they expensive to own no they're not difficult to use they're really easy to use because they've been well designed and they're easy to use with your thumb on your phone are they expensive to own no some most of the great ones are free and, and some of the other ones cost a small amount of money they're just not expensive to do and they bring you benefits and pleasure in your life and advantages so why wouldn't you just flip that and do it in your business as well why not why not have that same mentality that you've got on your mobile phone at home and on using your twitter and your facebook and your social media apps and all of your you know your restaurant apps and your sports apps and stuff and your gambling apps or whatever you've got why not do that in your business why is that any different why not have a that approach to it instead of doing what you're doing now which is taking a historical view why not take the modern view and make the change why not do something different that's how we advance that's how we get things to change in life that's what got elon musk to get his spacex rocket into orbit it's changing that will enable us to cure cancer and, and move us forward there it's changing that's going to enable us to overcome the lack of fossil fuels and get us to discover ways to produce infinite amounts of energy these are the these are the ways that we need to look at things in our businesses where we tend to be too st stuck in our old ways in our businesses and that that sort of adage exists if you keep doing what you've always done you'll get what you always got but that's not even accurate any longer now because if you keep doing what you've always done you're going to get less because there's a there is a constant decline in in technology so as other technologies become more powerful and you don't adopt them the technology that you've got is declining and becoming less valuable so you can imagine what's happening there you're devaluing your business and your skills constantly by not implementing cloud technology and moving forward at the constant basis that it does this is where i do, people don't think about this side of things and what a benefit it can bring to them if they if they make the change switch their mindset realize that what they've done in the past isn't what they need to do in the future and that to go forward and be successful in their personal life in their business life the, what they've got to do is accept that cloud is the trend cloud is where it is going it's a hard trend it's not getting any less it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's not going to get any smaller and what you've got to do is accept that realize that that's the way it's moving and embrace it and when you start to do that you will start to get the benefits from it i've been through quite a significant amount of information in this podcast so i guess i you know i've laid out a lot of information in this podcast in this part two of what is the cloud but the ultimate conclusion of what the cloud is is it is the future of 
how we use information and technology on devices. It, the future is in accessing technology through our devices on a paper user per month subscription basis for software and services that we utilize to grow our businesses and our lives. And the past is owning hardware and owning servers and maintaining it and running this expensive stuff ourselves and expecting it to deliver the same results that other people are going to get when they leverage the power of the cloud. And that's what I wanted to get out of this episode because there's a, but there is reticence about this. It's not going to change. This is the time right now. This is the time in which you can really make that leverage and make that change. It's not difficult to do. You can switch your business from running things in your building where you've got expensive hardware. You're responsible for the electricity. You're responsible for keeping, keeping that computer equipment going, maintaining it, replacing it, having a service support contract with an expensive organization. You can remove all of this, become more flex flexible, more agile. You can offer better features to your employees. There's so much more that you can do by changing your mindset and realizing that the adoption of cloud technology is where the winners are going to be. And those that stick with the previous ways of doing things, that is where the losers are going to be. And I'm not going to call it in any less than that. That's literally where it's going to be. It's going to be winners or you're going to be a loser. And you've got to choose which side that you're going to sit on. Which side are you going to go? I really hope that you take the cloud side. I really hope that you do realize that that's where things are going to be at, that you can embrace that, that it's a very low risk for you. It's going to enable you just to have a better and more enjoyable life. And ultimately, that's why a lot of us do what we do in business. We want to have a better life for ourselves, our families and our employees. And that's what cloud is going to leverage for you to do. So I think I'm going to sign off at the end of this episode before I just go into a nonstop loop rant about why you should do that. I think I've given enough good reasons why I believe that cloud is the direction you should be going. It's what you should be looking at. And it's going to make you have a better life and a better business. So I'm going to sign off for this episode. And then we're going to come back with episode three of Tech Leverage. I hope you've enjoyed the first one, even though it was a part one and a part two. I've really enjoyed recording it. I now think at this time of the day, I've probably done enough for today. And I'm going to let this one go. But thanks for enjoying it on Tech Leverage. I've been Carl Heath. I look forward to seeing you again. If you can leave a review uh, on Apple or Google Play for my podcast, it would really be appreciated and it would help me grow this. It would mean a lot to me personally and help me get this out there and get more people to understand and learn. So please do leave a review if you can do. It'd be much appreciated. And I'll see you on the next one. Cheers.